The Fantasy Basketball Podcast on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network is presented by WinBet. WinBet is now live in Colorado, Indiana, Michigan, New Jersey, Tennessee, Virginia, and Arizona. From boosted parlays to in-game odds on every major sport, WinBet has what you need to win. Sign up today and receive a $1,000 risk-free sports bet. Download the WinBet app now or visit wynnbet.com and start winning today. We're also brought to you by PropSwap, America's marketplace to buy and sell sports bets. Use promo code SGP on your first deposit to receive up to $500 in bonus cash. Head over to PropSwap.com or download the PropSwap app today. We're also brought to you by Better Fantasy. Better Fantasy is a new free-to-play app that lets you sync your fantasy football league and bet on the head-to-head matchups. Download the app today or just head over to betterfantasy.com backslash SGPN. That's betterfantasy.com backslash SGPN. We're also brought to you by SoBet. Sign up to bet against your friends and join the social betting revolution at SoBet.io backslash SGPN. That's SoBet.io. .io backslash SGPN. And of course, don't forget to download the SGPN app, your home for all of our free picks and podcasts. Hello and welcome in everyone to the Fantasy Basketball Podcast. I'm your host, Justin Bruni. Joining me this Wednesday evening is my co-host, Steve Hammond. Happy hump day, sir. How are we doing? We're doing good. How's everything going with you, Justin? Can't complain, can't complain. It's uh, January the 12th, and I already feel like it's midsummer. I'm uh, super busy, knee-deep in uh, you know day job work, working on the pods, working on our content, You know, ready to get everything off the ground here. Uh, we are the new kids on the block here at the SGPN Podcast Network, me and Steve. We're going to be bringing you our fantasy basketball content going forward uh, through this, uh, this year of 2022. Happy New Year to everybody that's uh, tuning in to listen to us for the first time. Um, if you'd like, you can check out me and Steve's uh, previous show at uh, youtube.com backslash take it to the hizzy. If you'd like to, you know, kind of run through our credentials, you know, see what we're all about. Uh, we have a uh, strong fantasy basketball backgrounds, gambling backgrounds. So we're here to bring you guys all the value. Uh, we're going to lead off the show with our fantasy waiver wire. Uh, but first and foremost, Steve, how you been holding it down during these uh, COVID ho- uh, holdovers? Guys missing time, 10 plus days at, at uh, any given rate, uh, injuries. How, how you uh, seeing things through here? Yeah, you just got to constantly be, you know, scrolling through Twitter, uh, checking who's in, who's out. And it's up to the up to the, the tip off, really, um, because we've seen guys be late scratches because they tested positive before the game. So just trying to keep your head barely above water when your star players are in having them actually perform. Um, Joel Embiid owners right now, they've got to be thrilled with all these 30 point um, outings he's having. So yeah, just trying to constantly stay up on the newest information. Absolutely, absolutely. Uh, speaking of Twitter, actually, where can everybody find you on Twitter, Steve? Uh, if, if everyone needs to, you know, get a hold of us, you know, slam us for some of our takes or just uh, seek out some advice. Yeah, so you can find me at Stephen Hamann, S T E P H E N H A M A N N. I'll be on there. I'm constantly scrolling Twitter. Very good, very good. You can find me at T-I-T-T-H-J-B. Uh, if you guys have questions, whether it be about fantasy, sitter starts, uh, grading some trades, if you want us to you know, maybe talk about uh, one of your trades on our show, let us know. We'll definitely get it up on the, uh, up on the board and on the to-do list. And yeah, if you ever just want to shoot the breeze, just reach out to us. Uh, let's jump into our first topic of the evening. We're just going to be rolling through the waiver wire, keeping it simple. Some low percentage ownership players uh, that are trending right now. 
First up, we have Amir Coffey, a small forward of the Los Angeles Clippers. Is he a buy candidate for you right now, Steve? He's only 11% rostered on Yahoo platforms. Yeah, I think he's definitely rosterable. You saw last night against the Nuggets, he Ooh. got 43 minutes. That's that's crazy for a player, uh, for any player. And then a guy like him, he really can – he does it all. He'll he'll add it on the defensive side. He'll get some steals for you while also grabbing, you know, five boards, dropping in 10 points. So I like him now. I don't know how long this will be sustained. Obviously, Paul George um, – being out has helped this a bit. Uh, but yeah, I think it's someone you can plug, plug and play on uh, certain nights. Yeah, definitely a plug and play option for me. I don't know if he's going to like see you through the stretch of your fantasy playoffs. You know, if he's going to be a big league winner. Paul George was ruled out, I believe, three to four weeks. I, I believe it was on Christmas Day. If not, it was like the day before. So when he does get back, I do expect uh, Coffee's minutes to go down. And when you look at, you know, just like the the shooting guards and the small forwards that they have behind George and Marcus Morris, you know, Terrence Mann, uh, Brandon Boston, Luke Kennard still there. You know, he's going to start competing with those guys a lot more for minutes once George does come back. Uh, so I do see this as, like you said, kind of a, more of a plug and play. I don't know if he's a strong hold. A uh, similar player with production or similar situation I'd compare him to is uh, Jalen Smith of the Phoenix Suns. You know, he was filling in mm-hmm. uh, for a lot of minutes for DeAndre Ayton, for JaVale McGee. You know, those guys come back and you've seen Smith's numbers go down a little bit. Um, he would be a, you know, a sell candidate for me, someone who's very similar to coffee, plug and play type. So we, we both agree, agree on that, you know, grab him for now. But, you know, probably at the end of this month, maybe like another two weeks, you're going to see George come back and you're probably going to see those minutes go down. And, and so his production. All right, next up we have uh, Max Struess of the Miami Heat, uh, listed as a shooting guard and small forward for the Heat. He is only 28% rostered on Yahoo platforms, and he's actually taken a bit of a dip across the past day. He's down 5%. Is he uh, is it pick, a live pickup for you, Steve? I think this is a must-add right now. Uh, mm-hmm. What he could do for for the team of the Heat, he, they've been you know, really riddled with injuries. I feel like Jimmy Butler is going to be missing some time, which really opens time up for Struess. Um, mm-hmm. And and he can light it up from behind the arc. He can he can really shoot. We've seen him make, I believe, his high this season's eight three pointers. Uh, so for anyone looking to add a guy that could really not necessarily anchor your team, but bring in some good role player. Um, in categories or in points mm-hmm. leagues, he can really do it for you. You'd actually be surprised in true shooting percentage. I believe he's in the top 10. Yeah, he's ranks number nine in true shooting percentage. That combines your two-point, three-point, and free-throw shooting, and he's shooting at a clip of 63.6%. So that's really solid. Uh, he's averaging 23 minutes a game right now. Like you like you mentioned, like when Butler comes back, you know, another situation where the minutes go down, he may not be, again, another guy that's going to see you through the playoffs. You know, when Butler comes back, he's going to be, you know, dueling with Caleb Martin for minutes. Obviously, Tyler Hero, he's starting more games now, and Duncan Robinson there as well. Uh, Struess has actually started five games, so there is a little bit more upside for him right now, but I do expect Jimmy Butler to be back soon. But, you know, when you look at this team, I feel like they're going to need his three-point shooting. You know, I, I feel like that's going to be uh, an aspect that's going to keep him in the lineup. You're probably just not going to see the consistent, you know, production that he's been providing recently. You know, the last game, 14 and four, the game before that, 25, six and five. I believe in that game, he hit seven threes. That's amazing. He did miss a a stretch of games. But prior to that, again, production was solid. 13, two and two, 26, six and one, 18, seven and four. It seems like he has a reliable role on this team. 
Yeah. I my one of my other fears for him though, I will say, and mm-hmm. you did kind of hit on it. Um, you do have Tyler Hero there, Struce, and Duncan Robinson, where it's kind of a who's who's time is it to shine here is it going to be a hero game is it going to be a robinson or so on um but right now it seems like Struce is the leader yeah i agree i agree all right next up we have maxi kleber this is this is definitely more of a, a strong hold for me he's only 19 percent rostered power forward center for the dallas mavericks excuse me his ownership rate is 19 percent, up three percent across the last day uh 18 four and two his last game eight eleven and one the previous game he had a, a slow game, like two ten and two, but hey, the rebounds were there, right? Um, he's he's a definitely a live hold hold guy for me. I want to get him on my roster, and I want to sit him there until you know he gives me a, a significant reason not to. Any disagreement, Steve? No, he's a guy, big guy who is getting healthy minutes pretty much pretty consistently. Um, so I, I like what he can do. If you're hurting for rebounds, he's going to add bring that to your team. Um, I, I like what he can do. He, he obviously missed a stretch earlier in the year. Um, so if mm-hmm. you can get your hands on him after that, kind of benefit from that, go right ahead. Yeah, absolutely. And honestly, I think he's a better option to start than Dwight Powell. You know, when Porzingis comes back, I would expect that Kleber would still be starting. You know, right now he's starting in place of Porzingis. He's uh, out in COVID protocol. But when he does come back, I think he gives the lineup more upside than, say, Dwight uh, Dwight Powell because he has a nice outside shot. He still plays that defense. Uh, if you take a look at his uh, steals and blocks, you know, across the you know these first five games that he's played, he has uh, six blocks and four steals. That's great, you know, for a uh, for a big man. So I'm I'm buying all in on Maxi Kleber. I own him on one of my teams, not not uh, not both of my fantasy rosters, but I do have him uh, stapled into my lineup. I don't see myself dropping him anytime soon. All right, next up, we've got Thomas Bryant of the Washington Wizards. He is yet to play a game this season. He's expected to return this evening, actually, uh, from a year-long absence due to a torn ACL. Are you buying yourself some Thomas Bryant, Steve? Yeah, I, I think you can, just because with the team success that we've seen with the Wizards, I think he'll be able to come back to them and really add um, add some meaningful minutes, grab rebounds for them. I think they've lacked size this entire year, so getting him back a bit will help. Um, so, yeah, I think it is. Uh, this is definitely maybe a stash guy because, obviously, him coming off an ACL, um, they might kind of just ease him back into the lineup. So he might not really add an instant impact. Um, but I think down the stretch, you, you would want a player like this. Well, they focused quite a bit on him before he was hurt. You know, he was getting 27 minutes a game last season. Uh, I think it was only through about 10 games or so. But with that, you know, the minutes have been increasing over the years with the Wizards. He's been now with them, I think, three or four years. Um, Daniel Gafford has been filling in. Montrez Harrell's been filling in. They're also getting back uh, Rui, Rui Hachimura as well. So their front court is getting a lot of help with those two returning. And I see Thomas Bryant taking over a starting position over Gafford more sooner than later. I'm, I'm not saying it's going to be necessarily tonight. I haven't seen the lineup. I, I believe they're playing the uh, the Magic here. Um, but I do expect him to come in and have an instant impact. And I feel like they really need that little bit of extra size in the paint. You know, this is a team that's been treading treading water. They're 21 and 20 right now, ninth in the Eastern Conference. I feel like Bryant is going to be a big part of their um, their push for the for the playoffs. I feel like they're really going to need him. Um, and I just feel like 
that's a very strong lineup with Thomas Bryant at center. If you push, you know, Kyle Kuzma down to the three, you get Caldwell Pope coming off the bench. Maybe you put, you know, Rui or Daniel Gafford at the four, and you got Thomas Bryant at center. I, I feel like it's just a, a much stronger lineup than you have with Kyle Kuzma at the power forward, Catavius Caldwell Pope at the three. I just think that this is going to provide a great level of depth for them. So I, I do believe he's going to get that work, you know, pretty quick. I feel like they've uh, they've held him out for a while. The injury was literally almost exactly a year ago. It's a year and three days. So I think he's ready to run. I, I'm excited to see what he can do. I will def- definitely someone to monitor for sure. Um, he did have the injury status on Yahoo, but I believe they removed it today. So sometimes it's nice when you can pick up those players because you don't have to use a roster spot. They'll just let you pick them up and then they'll throw them right into your um, injury or you know IL spots for you. So that opportunity is probably gone now with him off of there, but only 22% rostered. Definitely someone you want to go out and target right now. The next guy we have up is another Miami Heat player whose production has actually been pretty solid. Old man, P.J. Tucker, 36 years old, uh, power forward center for the Miami Heat. He's only 19% rostered, 3% increase across the last day. I mean, the production's there. You got any argument to not pick this guy up, Steve? I I don't really have an argument for or against, I guess. I think he's one of those guys um, you're trying to use up all your ads for the week. He has a right. game on a night when it's, you know, a small slate. And yeah, you can you can add him there because he ha- he will give you um, some points. He has a three ball that he can use. Um, Absolutely. Defen- defensively, he will uh, strap you down and he will give your toughest score the hardest night. Um, so yeah, I don't I don't really love love him, and I think he's getting a lot of this action from the injuries that they've had down in Miami. Um, but yeah, it's wild that PJ Tucker kind of a career resurgence after last year. I felt like he was always good for maybe two points on a given night. Right. No, he's he's been doing it up in uh, in Miami. Uh, I believe he won a ship last year with the Bucks. Um, but yeah. like you mentioned, those those injuries they've been significant. Uh, Markeith Markeith Morris has been out since that um, altercation with uh, Nikola Jokic, if you want to call it an altercation. Uh, Bam Abdebayo has <laughs> been out for a while. You've seen the uh, assurgence of Omer Yurtsevin in the paint. I've been I've been loving all of uh, all of Omer on my fantasy roster for sure. That's a waiver wire of uh, weeks past. Um, but PJ Tucker right now. He doesn't have much competition for uh, for minutes at the at the four spot. His last three games, he's played over 28 minutes, 29, 36, and 28, 13, 7, and 3, adding in two steals in his last game, 14, 10, and 6 in the game before that, adding in a steal and a block. I, I don't know. Even with those guys back, I still feel like they're going to try to lean on him, especially his defense, like you had mentioned, you know, down the stretch. This is a team that, you know, needs to finish the season strong. Right now they are 25 and 15, but they're, you know, there's I'm not going to say treading water. They're treading in injuries constantly. And to make a strong playoff run right now, the way the East is shaped up is definitely an improved conference this year. They're going to need everybody healthy. And I feel like PJ Tucker is going to have a lot of usage down the stretch here. All right, last up here, we've got Rajan Rondo. Kind of a, a waiver wire pickup for maybe weeks past. I know people were starting to pick him up once he got traded to Cleveland. Going to be filling in for Ricky Rubio. May he rest in peace for the rest of this season. Such a kick in the dick. Seeing Rubio go down, we'll get to him uh, in a little bit here. Um, but the, the Rondo production's been pretty good You know, since he got over to Cleveland. Uh, his first game, he was 11-5-3, added in a steal. His second game, 15-3-5. and five. You know, The last game, he only played about 20 minutes, and it was a 5-4-6 and six game plus two steals. I don't, I don't know. I feel like he's a really good fit in Cleveland. What do you think, Steve? 
This one I kind of flip-flopped back and forth on because I I do think Rondo is a good fit for this team. I mean, you saw what Ricky Rubio could do um, oh. on that team earlier this year. And that and he's an aging guy. And I just thought with how young the surrounding cast is with Evan Mobley, who can really run the floor and has been playing very well this season. Um, you got Garland, who can spot up. You got Sexton. Um you know, you, you got a bunch of young guys who can run the floor, and I think Rondo can distribute the ball and get that and get people in the right spots to lead to baskets. Um, there's a bit of me, though, you said it with the 20 minutes. At his age, at where we've seen Rondo in the past few years, is he going to see enough significant minutes to really have an impact on the game? Um, right now, it looks looks like it is, but if you talk to me maybe – three weeks, three, four weeks, we might be right. singing a different tune. Um, he, he's obviously new there, so maybe he settles in and plays even better. Um, it's just something we got to see right now. Well, he doesn't have much competition for minutes. You know, at the point guard position, you got Darius Garland and Rajon Rondo. That's about it. But, you know, when Isaac Okoro comes back, you might see, um, you know, some – uh, some lineups with just, you know, a lot of minutes for Garland or Okoro, or they use more C.D. Osman, Garland, and Okoro, that threesome, and Rondo does take a dip. But is going to be out still for another two to three weeks or so, give or take, like, you know, four or five days. I'm not really sure. He was listed out two to three weeks, I believe, on the 5th, which is, you know, a, exactly a week ago today. So going to be a, a situation to monitor there, a monitor there with Okoro out. Rondo right now is actually listed day to day with a hamstring injury. So that's also another situation to follow. But he was a name that I definitely wanted to bring to the forefront because, you know, that that conversation is there. Like you mentioned, like Ricky Rubio is performing there. Rondo, who's just known as a distributor, a stat collector, he should do something similar, right? It, it, it just makes sense. Um, like you had mentioned with running the floor with those young and fast players, I also just like the the pick and roll opportunities with Jared Allen. I, I think that's going to be a, a solid piece of their offense going forward. And this team has just been playing very well all season, 23-18 and 18 on the year. That's not a record I believe fans were expecting out of Cleveland uh, this season. So they're, they've uh, had a strong run. I don't think that they're ready to, to fade in the second half of the season. I think they want to finish this year strong, go to the playoffs. Rondo adds a lot of experience in there as well. So you know, not necessarily factors for your fantasy team, but I think that those factors will keep him on the floor and will keep his production level. He's only 18% rostered on Yahoo platforms. 6% increase across the last day, so people are starting to catch uh, catch wind on him. I think he's worth a look. I, I you know, It's always, always situational to your team, your scoring and everything, but if you're a guy like me and you lost Rubio, you're definitely staring hard at Rajon Rondo right now. Yeah. All right, speaking of Ricky Rubio and some other players, let's jump into grading um, some of my buy-low suggestions from a, a couple of weeks ago. Uh, but before we do, let's hit a quick word from our sponsors. This episode is brought to you by Better Fantasy. Better Fantasy is a new free-to-play app that lets you sync your fantasy football league and bet on the matchups. You can cash out for gift cards when your bets hit and even help raise money for charity along the way. Brand new company looking to grow their early adopter community. A slick app and fun to use. Very easy. One of the reasons we love it is they also offer prop betting. So if you're in a state that hasn't legalized gambling yet, you can get in on some prop bets on Better Fantasy. Check them out today at betterfantasy.com backslash SGPN. That's B-E-T-T-O-R fantasy.com backslash SGPN. Okay, and we're back. Let's jump into some buy-low players that I discussed um, a couple weeks ago. Uh, first up, we have uh, Yusef Nurkic of the Portland Trailblazers. 
his production has been booming and it seems like it's going to be booming even more so. Can you tell the folks why, Steve? Yeah, uh, we're going to be missing Dame Lillard here for quite some time. He's going to have surgery on uh, to fix an abdomen in- injury that he has. Um, so, yeah, they're going to have to call on Nurkic a lot. They're not just going to be missing him. They're missing everybody. So, we were talking about it before the show. Ant- Anthony Simmons, CJ McCollum, Damian Lillard, Norman Powell, Larry Nance, they're all out right now. Now, some of those other guys like Powell and Nan- or Nance, maybe they come back sooner than later, but – Man, Nurkic, I believe, is the only starter left right now. Uh, the dude's been on a tear. I got to give myself, you know, some a little bit of high praise here. I'm gonna, I'm gonna say uh, an A. You know, not not shooting for the A plus to the moon here, but the dude's been solid across his last five games. He scored 14 points in four straight games. He's had double digits uh, rebounds, excuse me, in the last four of his four of his last five games, excuse me. And in those games, those double digits, at minimum, he was, you know, clipping 12 rebounds. Uh, two games ago, he had nine assists. He does tend to turn the ball over. I mean, is there? I mean, there's really no negative side here. I mean, turnovers are turnovers are going to happen. But playing a ton of minutes, uh, letter grade. What do I got, Steve? I'm gonna. I'll give this one an A. Also, I in years past when I've had I've had Nurkic on my team, he leaves a lot more to be desired at times with the rebounds. Um, for being a big guy, it kind of just seems like he's a little soft down there, but. You look at his last five games, he's at 8, 16, 12, 13, 12. I mean, that's that's the type of production you want out of him. He's always left a little more to be desired, but right now he's putting it up. I agree. Appreciate the, appreciate the A there. While we started with that, we're going to definitely take a dip here because next guy up is Ricky Rubio, and sadly, he's <laughs> gone for the season. Like, There's no stock here. I mean, if you got him in Dynasty, maybe you're going to hang on to him if you're playing Dynasty B-ball, but man, before he got hurt, I, man, I was tap dancing all over my home. His last game before he uh, went down with an injury, he had 72 points in fantasy basketball. That's like what Joel Embiid does on a nightly basis or maybe you know every other night. He's between like 50 and 70 points. Uh, Steve had mentioned it earlier in the show, just can't stop hitting 30 points a game. He went 27, 13, and 9, and then what? Tore, I believe he tore his ACL. Yep. Terrible, terrible. I mean, he was just a guy that I was all about all season long. Constantly calling his number, early pickup on the waivers. He gone. Do I mean is D D minus like too high? It's yeah, I know. I think you could give it that. It's almost so who who could have envisioned obviously him sure. having this injury. So it's a little uh yeah. Uh, let's give it a D. I think we can agree on that. Yeah, I'll go D minus just because if you're not playing dynasty, there's literally like no value. Like if you went out and traded for him, I'm so sorry. <laughs> like <laughs> I, I'm, re- I feel really bad about that because I was I was saying as much that that's what you that's what you need to do is go out and spend whatever you can to get this guy because he's just hitting his numbers at such a high rate. He was top ten in assist percentage in the league. Like everything was there for him. And and honestly, I attribute a lot of the success of the Cleveland Cavaliers this season to Ricky Rubio. He was just getting the ball into the right hands, distributing, not really turning the ball over too much, which has kind of been like his MO. Um, I felt like he was like the, you know, the engine that was really driving that team. Also the youth, but I felt like his experience and, you know, just uh, direction was uh, really led by him. Yeah. And he had really no, like you said in your article, no perceived value going into this year. And he's real. He turned into a solid player. Yeah, I think I got him in um, like the eighth or ninth round of my draft. Yeah, and in one league and another league, I picked him up. 
No, I guess I, I didn't draft him in this league. So yeah, he was, oh no, yeah, 13th round, 13th round. And then another league, I'd picked him up, excuse me. All right, next guy up we have is uh, Jay Sean Tate. I gave myself a B on this one. Um, instantly after the article dropped, you know, he, he missed some time. Uh, I believe it was uh, was COVID or something like that. But since coming back, I mean, the, the production's not out of this world, but it's it's good enough that you want to buy, like that you would want to go out and trade for, but it's not um, necessarily like in the basement. You know, like his last four games been 17 26 32 27 you know it's kind of a back and forth but when you're playing for the, for houston there's just a lot of opportunity he gets a lot of minutes you know what i mean like they need somebody to score at some point they're just losing games i think they've won like one out of their last 10 you know what i mean yeah i've uh i've actually been watching a lot of rockets games for some odd reason um i, I like kind of their team but jay sean tate you hit it he gets minutes he um, and he does a little bit of it all. He puts points in. He grabs rebounds. He runs the length of the court. I mean, he pl- he really does it all. So I, I I don't think he has a very very high ceiling necessarily right now. Um, yeah, agreed. But I I think he's a consistent contributor contributor on a bad team, um, and that's that's what you look for sometimes. Yeah, I, I gave myself a B on this one. Just you know, just kind of a little bit above average, which is exactly how I view him. I still see him as a as a, li- a viable uh, buy option right now. I would still be willing to go out and trade for him if I'm hurting, if I've lost players, if I have guys missing time for COVID. I would still make a move for Jay Sean Tate for sure. I'll give it. I'll give it a B minus. All right, fair enough. I'm um, yeah, right, right in that ballpark. All right, next up, this one's my big one. A plus, Jaron Jackson Jr. to the moon. This dude has been blowing up. 42, 62, 73, 26, 33 fantasy points across his last five games. Uh, he's not a, normally a guy that like goes over the 20-point mark. He's done so three out of his last five games. He's hit double-digit rebounds in his past two, and the defense is atrocious. It's just brutal what he does uh, to opposing offensive players. He has. Over 10 blocks in his last three games. Uh, was at 14 blocks in his last three games. Uh, five, six block or steals in a, across his last three games. The dude's been an absolute machine. Now, a plus for, in my opinion. Yeah, I got to give you credit here. Also, uh, Jaron Jackson is, and he started to shoot the three ball really, really well. He's he's taken, I believe, it's like five attempts per night. Some nights you see him up in the eight, seven to eight range, and. I mean, he's destined to make some of them. He's really been a key player, I feel like, in th- this, what are they on, a 10-game win streak right now? Um, I think he's a big contributor into that. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. I mean, that that defense that I had mentioned, the scoring, um, and I, I mentioned the rebounds a little bit, 11, 12, 8, 6, and 3 his last five games. The, you know, He's not really a distributor by any means, but he doesn't turn the ball over. He get, constantly gets double-doubles. Plays amazing defense. He's a high-flying uh, power forward or center, you know, wherever they're putting putting him in in the night. And I just love the way that Memphis plays. They play fast. Jaws put, pushing the ball down the floor. You know, his alley-oops look absolutely ridiculous. He's on a tear right now, one of the best guards across the past month. So, yeah, there's a lot to like about Jaron Jackson. But right now, his price is through the roof, man. You'd have to really spend the bag on him. Uh, when I had dropped the article about, you know, two, three weeks ago, you know, the the – Production was there, but it was more moderate in consideration to what he's been doing across the past uh, seven or fourteen days. So, definitely someone that's still target if you can. You know, playing in Memphis, you get to fly a little bit under the radar. But like Steve mentioned, they are steaming hot right now. It's going to be hard to get um, him out of the on, on, on owner's hands right now. But 
if you if you had Hedar or Vice, you know, you might have him on your roster right now. All right, last up here, we've got Derek White of the San Antonio Spurs. He's 91% rostered, very popular. But coming into the season, I don't feel like he was a popular guy to draft. Um, I believe I, I got him somewhere in the, in the mid-rounds as well. Let me see if I have it up here. Mm, yeah, I, I don't have it up. Or I guess I didn't draft him. I must have I must have picked him up. But his production was booming. But unfortunately, recently he went down with uh, with COVID protocols. So he's been missing some time because of that. But he'll be back, you know, soon here in, in the in the coming games or coming weeks. Honestly, I love the production that he gave. Uh, you know, after I wrote the article, so it, it even offers him another buy low opportunity because he hasn't been playing games. But before he did, you know, he's going seventeen four and two, twelve four and two with a couple of steals. 18-3 and 14 assists back on the 1st of January to start the new year. Uh, he was he was rolling. So I, I give myself an A for this one, or I'd say an A minus, just because, you know, you can't really predict COVID. You know, like when someone just gets, mm -hmm. you know, put into protocols, there's not much you can do about that. But I still stand firm that Derek White is a league winner this season, and you need to continue to try and target him before your trade deadline. Another good player on a bad team. Uh, we kind of said that a few before, but yeah, I, I think if he can really be in that 15 points and then add in, if he can really get those assists up to, you know, eight, nine a game, he, he's really a player for you. Um, he's getting consistent minutes when he's not obviously on COVID. Um, yeah, I have, I have no problems with Derek White. I think uh, out of all those young guys they have down in uh, San Antonio, he's one of them that's towards the top right now. Oh, absolutely. I'm loving what him and DeJounta Murray are putting on down in uh, San Antonio. But, man, they need a front court like no other. You know, <laughs> oh, yeah. When you have to start Lonnie Walker, when you have to start Kieta Bates-Diop, you know, I like Jacob Pottle, but he's not a big man that's going to carry you. You know what I mean? I feel like if they just had like one more big man, like one solid guy to play the middle of the floor – those guards would even be performing uh, more so, but they're literally getting assists to each other. You know, Murray to White, mm -hmm. White to Murray. You know, what I mean, like they're the guys that are really moving the needle for them right now. I, like I said, I do believe Derek White is a league winner. You're going to see him on championship rosters this year. Go out and target him. Try a buy low offer. Like I said, the values, you know, it's plummeted a little bit here with him out uh, with him out uh, games for COVID. So definitely something to look at. All right, next up, we're going to check into some uh, ROS position battles, rest of the season position battles. But before we do, uh, let's hit a quick word from the sponsors. We're also brought to you by PropSwap, America's marketplace to buy and sell sports bets. See a ticket you like, but think the price is too high? Submit a bid for a price you think is fair, then buy it. You can always find the best odds because you're buying directly from other bettors, just like yourself. Use promo code SGP on your first deposit and PropSwap will double it up to $500. Double the cash means double the odds. If you're not using PropSwap, then you're missing out. We're also brought to you by SoBet. Sign up to bet against your friends and join the social betting revolution at SoBet.io backslash SGPN. That's SoBet.io backslash SGPN. Okay, and we're back. Uh, Steve, we're going to be going over position battles here for the rest of the season. First up, we're looking at point guards. We've got Kyle Lowry and Jordan Clarkson. Who would you rather have down the stretch? I'm going to go Kyle Lowry. Uh the minutes, he's obviously getting a few more minutes than Jordan Clarkson, which I think plays a big factor, especially when you're talking rest of season. Those more minutes he gets really start to accumulate. Um, so I'm going to go him. I like what he can do um, with his assists. 
Um, you know he's going to be uh, 15, around 15 points a night. Uh, so I'm going to go him. That's not necessarily a knock on Jordan Clarkson. Um, he plays good basketball. I just don't think his ceiling um, is as consistently high as where mm-hmm. Kyle Lowry is. Agreed. So Kyle Lowry is playing about nine to 10 minutes more uh, than Clarkson per game. You know, Clarkson's still coming off the bench. He's still, you know, he's getting about 25 minutes a game. Kyle Lowry is getting a ridiculous, like 33 to 35. You know, he's playing a lot of minutes every night. So in that manner, or or with that being said, I should say, he's going to have more production. Like the the numbers are going to be there for him across the season. Lowry has a 1,273 fantasy points to Clarkson's 1014. But the reason why I feel like this comparison is interesting is Clarkson's catching up. So across the past 30 days, Lowry has 419. Clarkson has 380. Across the past 14 days, Lowry only has five more points than Clarkson. So there has been a bit of a downturn for Lowry recently. And I started looking into the numbers a little bit. Yeah, the assists are there. He is top eight in the uh, in the league for assist percentage. He is number eight. Did you know that he is top three? for turnover percentage steve i i do not that is a little surprising especially with how good uh we've seen miami be this year i would not have Mm -hmm. necessarily thought that yeah i didn't think the same either so this percentage it's 20 percent turnover percentage that means out of every 100 possession 100 possessions excuse me kyle lowry has turned the ball over 20 times i was very surprised about that so I, i i say this with a caveat you know if you're in a category league you know, rest of the season, Clarkson may be the better guy for you if you're like really, you know, or if you're losing a lot of matchups because of turnovers. You know, you wouldn't mm-hmm. want to go out and target a guy like Lowry uh, to buy, you know, if you're at like the top of your league in turnovers. You know, and if you need to kind of revert that a little bit, if you need to trim that number down, Clarkson might be a guy to go, go out there and buy because while he is playing less minutes, he is far more efficient. Lowry is averaging about 3.5 to 3.6 turnovers a game. Clarkson is at 1.6. So they're they're very they're getting closer. At least Clarkson is moving the number closer um, across the past uh, half month and the month. But season long, you'd probably trust Lowry a little bit more. So I do think Lowry is the better guy down the stretch. But take that with a, a grain of salt. Like your situation, Clarkson may actually be the better guy. Yeah, I mean, if you uh, Russell Westbrook owners, um, if you want to try and negate all his turnovers he has, yeah, I do think Clarkson might be a better option there than Perry. Yeah, if you can get Clarkson and like another piece back in a trade, that would be great. That'd that'd be fantastic. And I'd bet there's an owner out there willing to do it. Oh, yeah. Those name brand players, people just love them. You know, the the Westbrooks, the the Kyrie Irving, you know, think imagine drafting Kyrie Irving, you know, before this season started. My goodness. (laughs) All right, next up we have the... Uh, shooting guard position, Franz Wagner versus Sadiq Bey. Who would you rather have for the rest of the season? This one's really tough for me because I'm a fan of uh, Wagner. And I do think what he's really been able to do as a uh, rookie for the Magic, um, I I like what he brings, but I have to go Sadiq Bey here. I've watched too many Pistons games to really count. Um, Don't know why, but... Sadiq Bey kind of he looks like times where he is their guy um, with Cade Cunningham obviously being young it's tough to put the entire um, load on onto him and when they need big shots they need three pointers and Sadiq Bey's got good size um, not afraid to get into the paint grab rebounds but also you know step behind the arc and hit a three I like him down the stretch here it, when you when you look at his previous games 
Um, his ceiling much, much higher than where I see Wagner at. Yeah, so with uh, uh, Wagner, he has 1,259 fantasy points in the season to Sadiq Bay's 1,231. But Bay has been on fire. In his last 30 days, he's recorded 555 fantasy points. Uh, Franz only 445. So a big swing there, you know, for guys that are literally separated by almost, you know, 30 points across the season. Across the last 14 days, Sadiq Bay, 293 to Franz's 164. So I think Sadiq Bay is definitely the more trending guy right now. And they're just a scrappy team, Detroit. Like they're just they're just going out there and having fun. You know, if you're a football fan, it's probably similar to uh, the Steelers playing Kansas City Chiefs every single week. <laughs> you know, they're just going out there with, you know, no remorse. Like, let's just go out there, have fun and cause some trouble for the other team. Am I right? Uh, I think they had a pretty big upset a couple of nights ago. It wasn't the Bulls. Uh, Utah. Yeah, they beat Utah 126 yep. to 116. And that was with Utah actually uh, at full strength. They had all their starters coming back and they still uh, put a hurting on them. He had 42 fantasy points in that game, 29-6-1. and one. So I agree with you. He's kind of becoming like their guy. Jeremy Grant has been out. He seems like he's going to be out. He could also be a trade candidate. If that's going to be the case, I think there's a lot more production for Sadiq Bey than Franz, you know, down the stretch here. And I'll say with the Magic, I think that that recent um, decrease in production the past 30 days, past 14 days, I also think that's because of Terrence Ross coming back. Like he's he's been back and healthy, been playing a lot of minutes. I feel like that could also play into just less production for uh, Franz down the stretch here. All right, next up we've got the small forward position. We've got uh, uh, Bojan Bogdanovic versus Carmelo Anthony. Who you got, Steve? I'm going to go Bogdanovich. I have to here. I'm not even a huge fan of either of the Bogdanovich brothers. Uh, oh, come but, on. Leaky Baller Bogdan? Uh, yeah, I know. You're, you're a huge fan. Um, I, I, just, I don't think that Melo is – I don't think he's adding much. Yeah, he might have a game here or there. Um, Lakers haven't looked as great as people kind of thought going into this season. I like oh, my yeah. players – to be, I mean, and I have said earlier in this game that, you know, sometimes you want good players on a bad team. Um, but here, I, I like Bogdanovich being on the Jazz, a really good team who distribute the ball, who always try and make that extra pass. Um, I, I like what he can add. He adds a lot of points, um, can add some monster games with rebounds, but um, just very consistent in his production. Absolutely. I agree. So across the season, uh, Bogdanovich has about 100 more points. It's 1142 to 1040. Across the last 30 days, he has 437 to Mello's 342. And across the last 14, it's 248 to 125. It's not as close as you might think. The season-long production is pretty similar. But, you know, I am a big Bogdanovich fan. I, I love both the Bogdanovich guys uh, in Atlanta and Utah. And there is going to be some more opportunity for Bogdanovich with some of these big guys out. Rudy Gay, Rudy Gobert's out, Hassan Whiteside's out. I mean, they'll put Bogdanovich anywhere from the two to the four position. So he offers a lot of flexibility to, to their lineup. And ultimately, that's why I do believe he's the better uh, candidate here for the rest of the season. But I will say that Melo will have or should have a strong finish to the season because I expect the Lakers to you know try and turn it on or as um, you know LeBron James likes to call it playoff mode engage or you know whatever he's going to be <laughs> tweeting about right you know when he wants to finally get serious for the rest of the season right and I feel like that that will be a thing here probably in the next you know ten to twenty games or so once we get over the hump of the second half maybe post All Star break you're going to see I think a lot of minutes in production for Carmelo Anthony honestly I really do like both of these guys 
for the rest of the season, but I do give the nod to Bogdanovich for being on the better team, like you said, that extra bit of ball movement. But you could see a little bit of a, a slip, you know, once these, you know, once these guys get healthy. I know that Joe Ingles is is back in the lineup now. He was missing some time, so I don't think he's necessarily going to eat into the minutes. But you'll just see uh, him used, you know, you know, not really overloaded with minutes. Like recently, it's been a ton, right? Like 34, 37, 40, 35. I don't know if we'll necessarily see those same levels when all of these guys are healthy. That's all. I, I do expect a bit of a dip to finish the season, but I still do like him just a tad bit better than Carmelo which is really how their season has played out. All right, next up we have the power forward position. We've got Bobby Portis of the Milwaukee Bucks going up against Wendell Carter Jr. of the Orlando Magic. Who you got, Steve? This one's tough um, because a moment ago I did just say I like the player um, who's going to be surrounded on playing better basketball. But – I think their roles are a little bit different. I think Wendell Carter is more um, – he's kind of that guy this year in Orlando. Since he's left the Bulls, he kind of turned the page, um, mm-hmm. and he's been a force. Um, he, he's getting a lot more minutes uh, nightly than uh, where Bobby Portis is. Um, they both are obviously adding in around double-digit rebounds every night. Um, but I like what Wendell Carter can do in the passing game, um, steals. So in category leagues, I have to go Wendell Carter. Um, but I think I even go there in points leagues. Um, turnovers okay. can be a bit, a little bit of a problem for a big guy, but it, he's surrounded by a terrible team. Well, I'll ask you this because we're Bulls fans. You know, we're, we're very familiar with Wendell. Does his injury history kind of worry you at all? I mean, he has missed the last two games with a um, sore hamstring. I I don't think so. I just okay. the he, the way he's put on. I mean, he's put on size. He's put on everything like that. I really think he's kind of taken that next step from where he was with the Bulls. Um, mm-hmm. And it, if they were smart, they have plenty of guys on there that they could just get give a little bit more of a rotation. Those guys just aren't obviously as gifted as Wendell Carter is down in the paint. Right, right. Well, they got, I mean, yeah, when you're looking at Mo Bamba, Robin Lopez, I think, I mean, did, did they bring Robin Lopez out of retirement? Or, <laughs> I don't know. Uh, Ten day. I don't, I don't know if it was. I, I, I feel like it was. Uh, they've got Chumo Kiki. He's playing the three and the four, but you're right. I mean, there isn't really a lot of competition there when he when he's healthy. I'll probably roll with Wendell. He's got 1,273 season-long fantasy points to Portis' 1,143. Portis has three more points than him across the past 30 days, so very, very similar. 348 uh, for Portis, 345 for Wendell. And Portis does have more production across the past 14 days, but again, Wendell's been missing time, right? He has 207 to Wendell's 172. He plays two games. They're probably dead even again. I agree with you. I'll go with Wendell Carter, but I do say with that grain of salt, it was like, hey, you got to be careful with the injuries. You know, you don't want to go out and buy this guy and spend too much because he could like could like Ricky Rubio just turn around and, you know, break an ankle or do something crazy. Uh, but I love the production. You know, when he's been in the lineup, he has had one, two, three, four, five, six, seven straight games of double digit rebounds. And across those games, he has a double double except for one game. So there are some leagues that add double doubles and triple doubles into categories. Um, I'm in a points league where that you know you get a little bonus for that. So if that's um, you know a level in your uh, league or an extra caveat or layer in your scoring, another uh, good reason to go out and grab them. Bobby Portis isn't hitting the, those same type of numbers. You know he does have some solid rebounds in his past you know five games or so: 11, 13, 12, 
six and 14, but he's going to drop more of those six, six, nine games, you know, stuff like that. Like he's, he's not going to be, you know, pushing, uh, excuse me, pushing the bucks along like Wendell Carter really needs to move the needle for the uh, Orlando magic because who's going to do it? Not much there. Yep, exactly. All right. Last up here, we have the center position. Another really close one. Clint Capella of the Atlanta Hawks versus Robert Williams of the Boston Celtics. Who you got, Steve? Oh man, this one's so tough. I'm a Clint Capella guy, so I think I'm going to have to continue to ride with him. Um, but but both of them, I mean, very similar skill sets here. You, you know, you're getting double digit points, double digit rebounds. Sometimes as monster numbers, you can you can see a 20 rebound night from either one. Um, bonus points. If you get any bonus points for offensive rebounds, I guess I like Clint Capella a little bit more. Um, they both add a ton of blocks. Um, I'm going to go Clint Capella, but that's not knocking Robert Williams at all. He is a tremendous mm-hmm. talent defensively I, I hear you. on the boards. For me, it's Robert Williams, and it's really just based in the recent production. It's been a huge surge on defense. Uh, the blocks and steals completely overwhelm Clint Capella's numbers. Uh, he's had a seven-block game, a five-block game in the past uh, month or so here. There was a game he scored 45 fantasy points, and he didn't score 10 points of his own. He finished 6, 9, 1, 2, and 7, and had 45 fantasy points across 34 yeah. minutes of playing time. Like, you can't ask for anything better than that. Don't get me wrong. Clint Capella has been solid. He has big nights. He had a 64-point game where he had 18 points and 23 rebounds. And that game, he did have four blocks, but you couldn't combine you know, the, the four games after him or the four games before him for four blocks. And he doesn't really record a lot of steals or assists either. I feel like Robert Williams, because the Celtics, uh, they're just kind of a team that just kind of finds themselves, you know, who they want to be, you know, in the middle of the game, second, third quarter, whatever. Is this a Jalen Brown game? Is this uh, a, a Tatum game? Like Robert Williams is just there collecting all the stats along the way while they're trying to figure it out, <laughs> whether it's rebounds, points, uh, playing defense, he's doing it all for them across the season. Clint Capella, he's got a lot more points, 1,362 to Williams, 1048. However, Williams across the past 30 days, 482 to Capella's 396. And across the last 14, Williams 266 to Capella's 216. So my answer is predominantly based on recency bias. They've both had strong seasons. You could say that Capella has had the better season based on the total production. But I feel like when it's all said and done, Williams is going to catch up and they're probably going to finish pretty close to even. Or Williams might even go over a little bit. Um, When you look at the season-long averages, Clint Capella... 11 points a game, 13 rebounds and an assist. It's pretty solid. Williams, uh, pretty much a 10 and 10. It's 9.9 to 9 rebounds, but I feel like those numbers are climbing and they will continue to climb. Uh, I feel like the best upside for Clint Capella between the two, there's just not as much competition for touches in the lineup. You know, when you look at the lineup for the uh, the Atlanta Hawks, you know, when you're looking at guys like Bogdanovich, Hunter, and John Collins, it's not quite the same as with Boston when you're looking at guys like uh, Tatum, uh, Brown, like I mentioned, even Al Horford, Grant uh, Williams, they're uh, producing you know quite a bit. Uh, Marcus Smart's out, but when he's in, he's obviously doing his thing. Same thing with Dennis Schroeder. So I feel like there's more competition for touches and points and stats with Boston, but Williams, he's, he's just taken off. I'm, I'm, I'm with it. I'm ready to ride with him. Yep, no arguments here. All right. Sounds good. Sounds good. Uh, Well, that wraps wraps up our show. Uh, We will be back next week with another episode, probably going over some some market watch, some guys that are trending, some high ownership. I know we did some low ownership this week, uh, so definitely check back in. Do you have anything to, uh, to add in before we head out, Steve? 
Uh, just find me on Twitter at Stephen Amon. Yep. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. You can also find me on Twitter at T-I-T-T-H-J-B. Like I said, hit us up if you have you know fantasy questions, uh, start-sit questions, you want us to grade some trades or just ask for a bit of advice. We're always here for y'all. Uh, take care. Be well. Be good. If you can't be good, be good at it. We'll see you.